Okay, so this is 27 part 2, uh, Doug and Patty P.I. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, no, <you> <laughs> no, we're fine. <laughs> no, you don't. I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to do. No. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna know? Whatever. Be happy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Doug Wiz. And Jim. Poopsie Malloy, found dead in Miami. Today, we cover episode 27, part two of Doug. In all episodes up to the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. In episode 27, part two's title is Doug and Patty P.I. Penis Inspector. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> it was your turn. Oh, oh, I yeah. know oh, what yeah. you guys were going to do immediately oh, yeah. out the gate. We were reading this and I was this just like, individual. Doug, Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is this is have? the best episode. Ebus Imperium. Hang on, before we go into it, Sam, you said you didn't have any notes for this episode. How long of your notes was just bits for this? Uh, most of them, actually. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? You gotta have my. I gotta have my bits. <laughs> Poop instigator. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what Doug Penile and Penile implants? <laughs> Go on. Public incontinence. Oh. Good. good. Penis yeah, infection. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> People who, in parentheses, who are interesting. Piss imp. <laughs> <laughs> this bit Party is... in my tummy, all one word. <laughs> I love how this bit is dragged on a solid minute okay. past when it stopped being funny, but it we're is... still laughing like it. No, I mean, a penis infection is great. <laughs> anyway, so this episode. Clipping that. Begins. So I think this episode is legitimately kind of good right is, like this is absolutely my favorite episode doug so far um i think it's for yeah. different reasons the writer <laughs> has open contempt for doug and the show doug both well, of which to the general good and also the moral isn't complete horseshit it's still got problems but and they fuck it up oh yeah <laughs> But yeah, and I think I think this episode is legitimately like, hey, there's a thing going on, and they have to solve the thing going it's on. Very and then stupid, and it's very stupid, and we're gonna remark about how stupid it is. Of course, but then there's Doug's some a dumbass. Sort of, but then there's like resolution to yes. it. Yeah, yeah, and like. There is a thing that legitimately happens, and then there is legitimate resolution and catharsis. And there's for some the character thing. building along the way. Yeah. There's world building. There's like things that we learn about the characters. Doug's dad is here. <laughs> yeah. For the first time in how long? He plays an active role. <laughs> he's 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 working with his son, spending time with him. 
He has lines. <laughs> Doug fantasizes about putting him in jail. Yeah, okay, okay. We need to get because holy shit, that's a weird Doug Wiz. <laughs> also Doug Wiz. Also Doug Wiz. This is a line. Anyway, so, so we go to this. So wait, okay, hold on. But also when you're talking about like the writer and stuff, this is this guy's first episode, right? The writer of this episode has never written a Doug episode before. And that's probably why it's so interesting. He's as yet right? untainted by the Oogie versus mythos. <laughs> In time he will right. be consumed. Right. <laughs> Okay, so we get into this episode. Uh, it, it's a it's a flyover shot like always, like they do, and it, it zooms in into Bl- Doug is introducing the town again to us for some reason. Bluffington, bumper sticker capital of the world. A typical Saturday afternoon, families celebrate the Bluffco family bumper sticker picnic. There is a sign for the bumper sticker picnic, which uh, did you guys? The sign is wrong. Like, <laughs> I didn't see that. Like, you zoom in on it. It says, what it says on it is it says, Bluffco Family Sticker Picnic. And then there is, off to the side, there is a tacked on little piece of wood that it tries to say bumper sticker, but it says pumper. So, and then picnic is spelled wrong. Oh. So it says, Bluffco Family. All. It says, Bluffco Family Picnic. Pumper sticker picnic. <laughs> pumper. Pumper, Douglas. Pumper. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm squeaking like the Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you just saying Some sort of rocks, lines? dude? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, the, the writer acknowledges that the tension of this like episode is pointless and makes utterly. fun of it. And it's so good. Okay. So also, okay, this is like they're acknowledging again the lore of the town that this mm-hmm. is like the main industry here is the bumper sticker factory, right? Uh, do they make all those like terrible bumper stickers that you see people driving around? Are there in that good just... bumper stickers? <laughs> that is a better question. I mean, there's the ones that are just my face smiling. I've one time I bought a bumper sticker from the guys who when I was in high school obviously was an idiot and there was a bumper sticker for the talk like unlike a the brilliant thing. man you've become since then yeah I'm a big brain genius now but back in the day I bought a bumper sticker for the talk like a pirate day website cool and it was cool. Captain Slappy nice yeah, it was good my nice. dad got mad that I put it on the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would too. That sucks, man. Yeah, kind of. You know, <laughs> nowadays I recognize some of the failings of my youth and have bundled them into lessons for Big Man Mike. <laughs> Those lessons are put them on your own car. That makes you cool. <laughs> yeah, the lessons are the only bumper stickers around now are, are Trump flavored ones. <laughs> Yeah, I still it's an old observation, but I do find it fascinating. There are only no bumper stickers, one bumper sticker or the entire back of your car is covered in stickers. (laughs) Right. Exactly. There's no moderate amount of bumper stickers. (laughs) Yeah. I remember seeing one that had like every possible signifier that you are a nerd who was our age it like had hogwarts had star wars had a nasty women slogan had bafflingly the green party candidate from uh, 2016 on there just being behind this person and just being like probably the two of us have fairly similar interests in common but also i do despise you and wish you dead 
I think the only good bumper sticker was I saw one that was the, you know, that family bumper sticker of people of different types, but it was Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z characters. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked I liked one where Calvin is pissing on things. Oh yeah, where he's pissing on the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah, that one. Which is yeah. what it's always on. Uh-huh. Oh god. Oh no. Sometimes or he's the pissing Ford on the Ford logo or the Chevy <laughs> logo. Yeah, oh, pissing on great. himself recursively anyway. forever. <laughs> Doug Wiz. Doug Wiz. Doug so, Patty Wiz. Oh, my God. So <laughs> we move on from here. Uh, and, and so we go into there's like a picnic, right? There's like an all-day event. And uh, Doug says that everyone is getting ready for the keynote wheelbarrow race after the barbecue. And it's everyone except for Doug who's busy reading a book called Wiz Kids Number 49. And... He's reading the book out loud to Porkchop as he grills. Uh, this is like a kind of like a Hardy Boys, like Nancy Drew type book where it's like kids solving mysteries together, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Doug just wasn't planning on entering the wheelbarrow race either. Yeah, <laughs> his dad just dragged him here for shits and giggles. Right. Because he specifically says, except me. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing I was anything. being a nerd. Right. I was sitting well, around at a public event reading a Encyclopedia Brown book. Good for you. Right. Uh, well, Patty comes up and she tells Doug uh, that he sucks because he hasn't figured out the answer to the mystery himself as he's about to turn to the answer. Yep. Uh, they say that several characters say that this is the easiest one yet, and Doug fucks it up constantly. <laughs> it's also yeah. I will point out that most of the mysteries in those books were horse shit. Okay. Like, having no. read an awful lot of them as a small child, there it was not infrequent that the answer at the end would be okay, you actually that wasn't fair of us to say. So, here, have another this one you actually can't figure out. I mean, this one does also seem kind of horse shit because the answer is that like the kidnapper was the person who kidnapped himself. Yeah. The, uh, the only good mystery story is the Sherlock Holmes one where the uh, answer is an ape did it. <laughs> True. <laughs> the what? only good one. There's like, a, I forget what the name <laughs> of the, 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 the short story is called, but it's just like a chimpanzee does the murder <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Comes out of nowhere. Do they, do they execute it for its crimes? Probably. Chimps are awful. <laughs> yeah. But kind of, yeah. Chimpanzees are basically the worst animal. <laughs> also the most closely related to us genetically so that should tell you some stuff there Morals. actually is an argument there is a chimp that is more closely related to us and they're actually kind of cool the bonobos the bonobo yeah they like to fuck yeah bonobos <laughs> actually have oh my god kind of have shit going on with normal non-bonobo chimpanzees on the other hand are just horrible fucking murder rats that also know how to, like, use tools. And they can bench press, like, 7,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, they're so just strong. Like, us. like, if you ever wonder, like, uh, the space that rats occupy in, like, European mythology stories, etc., monkeys occupy in Southeast Asia, because they have all the same attributes as rats, except for also they know how to climb, break through your windows, and steal your food. Same. We've learned we've learned a lot from our, our close neighbors. Ape facts. Ape facts. Oh, apes are apes now. Fight the apes. They uh, if it's us or them, baby. Orangutans are cool. 
True. Was that the well? That was the one that was Lanky Kong. So yes. He plays a trombone and shoots a grape gun. A grape blue gun, which the physics of that are baffling. Is yeah. Diddy Kong supposed to be a chimp? Yes. Or is he one of the like smaller apes? Diddy is supposed yeah, to be a, a chimpanzee. Okay. Yeah. Which means he's the biggest murderer of them all. Uh, oh, right? yeah. Well, he's the only one who actually ha- regularly uses guns, so that tracks. He's also the only one that uses fuel, <laughs> so he could probably <laughs> make a bomb. <laughs> Diddy right. Kong is an anarcho primitivist. <laughs> a second Kong has hit the towers. This has been Ape Facts with the funny people. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, so everybody comes up to Doug and tells him he's a fucking idiot for not understanding that the, 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 the professor whiz kidnapped himself in order to test his two genius grandkids. Well, also note here that... Remember, amateur sleuths, don't be misled by the suspect's motives. Always look at the evidence first. Patty says that, and then Doug promptly ignores that for the rest of the episode. Yes! Yes. So good. (laughs) Which is actually an okay case of planting, because the person who was doing the episode wanted to make sure that the kids knew, as is a problem with a lot of these stories... No, you do kind of need to prime somebody to pay attention for something weird, because if you're just reading along, suspension of disbelief will normally cover up a thing that somebody thought was going to be bad. Like, something that's supposed to be, pardon me, not bad, but uh, if something is supposed to be your hint that something is off, you should have some kind of a primer for the audience this is where you want to engage your critical thinking brain. This is not me making a mistake. This is me making an actual thing you should pay attention to. And so, Patty tells him, you probably should pay attention to the evidence more than you pay attention to what you imagine people might do. P.S. Doug, you over-imaginative, self-centered little shit. And the bad guy is the bad guy in every episode of Doug, so... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's why this is my favorite, like, episode legitimately. Like, my favorite, like, actual unironic episode if we were to, like, have to rank them. that's This is my favorite so no, far. Same, because same. they they actually, like, set up a plot. And they do mapping. They map the, epi- the events of the episode into the same events that in, like, the framing of it. Yes. You know? Like, it's actual writing. And, like, uh-huh. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. Well, it, but, for me, for me, it's the open acid contempt this writer has for Doug. Oh, I know, because he because he, he actively makes the wrong decisions the uh-huh. entire time and uh-huh. then takes the wrong moral from it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's very good. <laughs> and that everyone just talks shit on him forever. Yes. Uh, okay, so everybody uh, is telling him that he's an idiot. Uh, and then Skeeter comes, Skeeter is like, Hey Raj, have you seen my wheelbarrow anywhere? What would I want to take your crummy wheelbarrow for? I wouldn't be caught dead in that goofy race. (laughs) And in this, it even plays like mysterious music, right? It's like, ooh, we're setting it up. Something is going on here, you know? Maybe Roger did something bad, like he does every time he shows up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then Dink... His, so this right here, I thought that they were going to set something up here too, because Dink runs in and he is telling the kids that something terrible has happened. And, uh, 
He's doing this. He's got a massive grin on his face. He's got like his, his grin is psychotic as he's saying that something terrible is happening. Right. Yeah. There's a couple of bits in this episode where it really feels like there was an edit of a previous line. Well, no, I think what I thought. OK, so he and he takes a minute too to be like, OK, this that book was easy. Right. Tells Doug he's a moron. Uh, and he tells every he tells the kids that the race has been sabotaged. Uh, and I I thought for a minute here what they were going to do was that Roger was going to be the fake bad guy. Dink was going to be the real bad guy and that he had stolen the bumpers himself, just like the plot of the book. Right. That he had set it up such that, like, you know, I kidnapped myself. I ruined my own race because I was jealous I couldn't be in it, you know? Yeah. It would be good symmetry there, but they didn't do it, so. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this will be perfect. And that's why he would be smiling in this. Also, I was like, but that would great. involve a, making an adult have done something wrong. And in the cosmology <laughs> of Doug, this is impermissible. <laughs> I mean, his parents made Doug. I mean, yes. So. <laughs> But they have atoned for this crime by showing him constant spite and neglect. His parents have birthed this foul universe. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so everyone's like, oh, my God, a sabotage. And then Doug thinks to himself like a moron. He thinks, I don't know why, but it sounds like there's been a sabotage. Yeah, they say somebody sabotaged the wheelbarrow race three times. Then Doug goes, I don't know why. But something told me the wheelbarrow race had been sabotaged. So good. Just a fucking oblivious himbo. Absolutely (laughs) establishing that to be a himbo, you have to be attractive in some way. He's just a fucking idiot. He's he's just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) At least they're sticking to character traits here. Like, I absolutely love the writer grasps that Doug is just this utterly contemptible moron. And that's great. Okay, so the, we're saying this about the writer, right? And so he writes this episode, and then he writes one more. And then we were right before we recorded this, we were starting to look at like the writing credits. Uh, every episode that he's written after, he's assigned like a co-author. So maybe like, dude, <laughs> dude, you have got to stop talking so much shit on Doug. We need to give you like a monitor to make sure that you're not. You accidentally <laughs> wrote a good episode, young man. We aren't, a- and also you're talking shit on the creator more or less, right? <laughs> oh yeah, this is the first episode that has treated Doug as it. Like every other episode is very convincingly from Doug's perspective. This one, Doug is our perspective character, but you can feel the author just sort of hovering <laughs> off your shoulder, saying, "Yeah, Doug's kind of a fucking moron, isn't he?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so we cut to the title card and we cut back. And Doug is like, man, without bumper... This decision is psychotic to me. They say... Oh yeah. Without bumpers to slap bumper stickers on, this race is nothing more than a bunch of blindfolded people pushing each other around in wheelbarrows. This is my favorite line of the episode. It's, <laughs> it's like, so good. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I believe like, now. Hold just, on, I have to take a huge bong rip. Oh boy, <laughs> she's whiz away, Jim. Isn't yes. that what we're all really doing, man? <laughs> Slapping bumper stickers on bumpers. We're all yeah. Just... What is what is the point of the bumper? But, I mean, I think oh, when we see how this is structured at the end of this, which is just. Absolutely. Is it the, the cherry, finish line? The cherry on the top so. of this, because here's the thing: the structure of the race, because it establishes the 
bumper sticker wheelbarrow race. What happens is blindfolded children are placed in the wheelbarrows. Then yeah. the per- an adult picks up the wheelbarrow and runs it towards the bumpers. I think okay. we are led to believe from the structure of this Victory is when you have knocked your child unconscious by <laughs> smacking them into a bumper that is hung oh, up God. by a length of chain. Yeah, it's hung up by literal like chain, like like metal chains is holding up are metal bumper. Are they supposed to put like a bumper sticker on the bumper, like as they're blindfolded, or sort of like pin the tail on the donkey? Like they I don't think... show the conclusion of the race, so we don't know. Yeah, I and, think like that's it. Also, what the hell is the chain attached to? The chain's just hanging down from the sky. Yeah, hell. <laughs> the ceiling of hell. <laughs> right, and and also come to think of it, actually, in this statement, he said a bunch of blindfolded people pushing others around in wheelbarrows, but it's the kids who are blindfolded. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now man. the kids are it's... blindfolded because if they saw the fact they're being run directly at bumpers <laughs> hung from chains, they might try to get out of the way. Yeah, these are like these aren't like bumper car bumpers. These are like wrought iron car bumpers. <laughs> Also, running with a wheelbarrow is extremely dangerous. I, like, really hurt myself as a kid doing that. (laughs) I, like, hit a rock, and then the handle, like, got twisted and just nailed me in the beans. Oh, were you trying to put a bumper sticker on something? No, I was just running with a wheelbarrow like a dumbass. The bumper sticker was applied to his nuts afterward in a symbol that read, (laughs) Suckin' Dick bought this van. Oh, my God. And he's never taken the sticker off since. right. It's, it's become now. like a it's like a scar on your junk. That would be a good tattoo. Sucking dick bought this tattoo. <laughs> would it? Yes. Why? What is it? Because you wanted the tattoo? Or? No further questions. My client will answer no further questions at this time. I feel like all the questions are answered by the tattoo. <laughs> it's kind of cyclical logic, though. So all logic is cyclical if you think about it. I will not be elaborating. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I, will, I will not be elaborating. Let's move on. Okay, Th- thank fine. you, Douglas. Great, just <laughs> Douglas. Douglas. Uh, so <laughs> Douglas, Douglas. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, they're like, man, what would this race be without bumper stickers? Uh, Dink reveals largely identical. Don't tell anybody. All right, uh, and Dink reveals that he invented the race himself, and it took six months just to come up with the name. <laughs> Uh, Again, Dink. utter contempt. <laughs> also, Dink is a writer. <laughs> That's his job. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so Doug is like, man, it sounds like there's a mystery going on here. Uh, and he goes into a fantasy. He imagines himself as a whiz kid from the book. Uh, he's wearing rimmed glasses. He's got a sweater on. He's wearing like high water khaki pants. Like they go up, to, they go past his ankles, and he's wearing like loafers. Uh, and he's in it. He's in a room that has no doors. It has a window and no doors, no entrance or ex- exits. He's by himself, and he's interrogating a shadowy figure. Well, shadowy figure, I suppose you can tell us where you were exactly fifty-seven minutes and forty-one seconds ago. I- I was at the zoo. No, no, I mean, I, I was at the movies. No, I mean... From which we can determine the figure is sus and will be executed in the latest round of Among Us. Oh, my God. We've been playing that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so, so everybody. 
Yeah. Uh, so the guy doesn't have a good answer. Uh, but then he, he says that the bumpers are pencils. Uh, but then they all drop out of his back. And Doug's like, you'll need those pencils to sign your confessional. Uh, nice. And it, yeah, good. nice. And then Patty comes out of nowhere. She wasn't in this room, but she was somewhere else. And she says, Oh, Doug Wiz, you solved the mystery without even looking at the answer on page 103. I love the idea of a uh, justice system where there is just the answer written at the end of the book, and the answer written at the end of the book is always, I don't give a shit, just put them in jail, we need more bodies. Incesto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because in this moment, Patty is Patty Wiz, and Doug is Doug Wiz, so he's imagining her to be a sister, right? Incesto. Yeah. <laughs> There's some <laughs> subtext here that we're not going to get into more than Sam is going to. <laughs> oh, my hot brother. I love how big your brain is, my hot brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe you figured out the answer. <laughs> my, my brother. <laughs> my hunk of a brother. <laughs> oh, God. And, Sexy and, siblings. Let's make some and, more and, whiz kids. And specifically in this, she came out of nowhere, right? Like, there's no entrances in here. And it even, like, as Patty is saying this, it, like, plays sexy saxophone Mm -hmm. music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Best episode ever. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, Doug Wiz replies, it's easy once you understand the criminal mind. Okay, Batman. (laughs) And I feel like he's used this answer before, right? Like he has every in time fact, that- like back when he was dealing with as the, was the chameleon. And I right. thought for a second this was going to be the chameleon again, but they evidently realized the chameleon was a stupid fucking idea. I hope the chameleon comes back. <laughs> I hope the chameleon is dead and in hell forever. He's so awesome. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh so they 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 flash this fantasy is just like absurd to me. Uh, and they flash out of this after the sexy saxophone music plays, uh, and then it reveals. Oh, Dink says the best fucking line. What are you talking about, Douglas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because because in this, uh, like this writer recognizes Doug Cannon, and he realizes that Doug says all this shit in real the real world. He did a high pitched voice and said, "Oh, Doug, Wiz, you're so cool, <laughs> Doug. Yeah. What are you talking about, Doug? I love it. He even does the he does the the shadowy figure lines where he's just like, I was at the zoo. I was at the movies." <laughs> Oh, God, he's doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Doug. Yeah, Doug. Doug. He even, he even makes the sexy saxophone music. <laughs> no, Skeeter was just making sounds. that sound for unrelated reasons. Right. Right, exactly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Doug wins. Anyway, so <laughs> he finally snaps out of it after Dink has <laughs> told him, what are you fucking talking about, dude? When Mr. Dink is the one criticizing you for being broken with reality, you've made some decisions in life. Right, right, right. Uh, and Patty is like, hey, what a great idea. It means that we should solve the mystery. We should look for the bumpers. Uh, and Dink is like, well, 
In order to do that, you need a bunch of equipment. You, know, include, you even need a clue. Uh, you need a bunch of fancy stuff. And then <laughs> Porkchop comes by with somebody's glove. <laughs> Was it nearby? <laughs> Who's to say? Fuck you. Yeah, who knows? It's just been somewhere. Uh, and when was this episode made? Like, early 90s? I mean, maybe. Is this, like an, is this an OJ thing? It might be an uh, OJ thing. Be. Let me do some quick research. If the glove don't fit, you must watch Doug. Right, that's the grand punishment. Yeah, this was in April of 1993. Uh, and no, so, no, that's, I don't know. this was predictive because that uh, happened. Uh, the trial went off on uh, in 94. Okay, okay, so again, it's a predictive thing. Yeah, no, they <laughs> carefully predicted the outcome. Again, they always fucking do this. <laughs> I mean, we did this, actually. Yeah, no, uh, we went back in time, figured, what's the thing that happened in the 90s? Uh, OJ? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> sure. Let's, let's drop a reference to the horrible murder of somebody's wife that will not happen yet. It's great for a gag. Right, and it's just like bumper stickers. Uh, and now okay. one of his lawyers is a leading uh, defender of Donald Trump. Sick. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, somebody is missing a glove, uh, and Patty's like, hey, whoever dropped this glove must have taken the bumpers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's evidence, baby. <laughs> uh, and, and so Doug, but Doug is like, no, we need to look for who has a motive first, which is how he approached the WizKids book. Right. We need to allow me to have my fantasies about how everyone I know is something I can look down on, despite my own personal failings. This is called profiling, Doug. That's kind of what he starts doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but for some reason, he doesn't put Roger in the list. Which no, I mean, okay, good shit, Doug. Like, the you're reason not he doesn't put Roger in the list is because he's unwilling to tackle the complicated nexus of hate and lust felt for Roger. <laughs> And I guess, oh, and okay, if Roger and Skeeter are the same person, he knows that Skeeter was where with them. Like, yes. he knows that Skeeter was uh, hanging out with them for most of the day, so how could he have done this, Yeah. Right? Okay, that makes sense. Also, I love that the two people who he immediately uh, profiles are... Maybe the Studebakers were afraid they'd lose the race and their athletic reputation along with it, so they stole the bumpers to save themselves from embarrassment. Or the bluffs. Who could be more suspicious than a family that hates running races and hates losing even more? And I love that the two things that Doug instantly latches onto are the people who are physically stronger than him and the people who are financially and politically stronger than him. <laughs> that must yeah. necessarily be those who are my superiors who have broken the law in some way, which is a laudable instinct. In Doug's yeah. case, it's entirely based <laughs> off his own petty jealousy. But you know what? I will give you some high fives for that, Doug. Suspect those of higher rank than you first. Then, that's really once that point. turns, once it, you discover that you are impotent against them, you end up taking it out on those lower than you because you're an oh. asshole. Oh my god! I mean, that's a good spoiler point, though, warning. It ends up being Roger who did it. Spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's the way that uh, like most things would go, and it's 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 smart that he he looks at the people who actually had the power to do it. Yeah, uh, people I, who I actually would have something to benefit from just prima facie. 
That's on the face of it, uh, non-Latin fans. <laughs> I thought, uh, although it is although right, although it is weird that um, he would suspect the two people who are most likely to win, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they they would want to prove themselves in the race. Yeah, the chalky suit, the chalky one is incredibly weak. But like, I do appreciate that. I don't know these people who keep beating me. Maybe they're just cheating. That's a possibility. No, it's it's so funny because literally like two minutes ago, Patty's like, you shouldn't rely on motivation. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Do you have and, literally any evidence for anything you say, Doug? And he just stares at her blankly. My my one other thing that I really like about his specific phrasing for the bluffs is that he says they hate having races, and I think it means that they hate, like, running political races, too. And so that's why the bluffs never run for mayor. They never run for official governance. They only run behind the scenes, right? Like, Mr. Bluff controls Bob White, but he would never seek to replace Bob White. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So they would never, that's what they never want to do that. So that's why they would steal this, because they would never want to run a physical race as well as a political one. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so they, uh, then, yeah, Patty's like, hey, dude, what did I just fucking tell you? We need to look at the evidence. Maybe it's who's missing a glove, and there's a name in the glove. <laughs> Oh, if I devoted, if I paid any attention to the world around me, I could have saved myself some time. Right, right, right. Just blaming Porkchop because he can't read. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Porkchop, you just had this glove. You must have stolen the buff. Stupid asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Porkchop, put the glove on and I know it'll fit you. (laughs) Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they say that the inside of the glove says Joe Valentine. And they're like, oh, my God, it, it's Mr. Valentine. Oh, no. And in this even, Doug, like, tries to talk shit on Patty when she suggests Mr. Valentine. He's like, nah, what would he have to gain? Nice try, Patty. It's definitely not him. And she's like, bro, he's in the, his name Come is on, in dude. the. <laughs> Seriously, man. Read for once in your life. But somebody who I like couldn't be responsible for any crimes. Right. Also, I like in this, Mr. Valentine's name has changed. His name used to be Jim in the babysitting episode. That's that rules. (laughs) So now he's Joe. He's Joe Valentine. So we guess we can't get... This happens once every couple of years. Anybody who's named Jim will become a Joe and vice versa. It's incredibly (laughs) confusing. This is why there's a bunch of entrances for a Jim Biden out there somewhere. And why the first episode of this podcast features Mike introducing his good friend Joe. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, and now I can't remember it, but I believe you inherently. This is the only sensible way to go through life. Right. I'll yes and you until I die, Jim. (laughs) T-minus 15 minutes and counting. Right. Okay, so... Uh, so they're like, oh shit, well, we gotta find Joe Valentine. Uh, and they, they, they roll up to Mr. Valentine, they like sneak up at the bushes and peek at him. And he's bundling stuff in blankets. And they're like, oh my god, he's got stuff that makes noise in blankets. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he's carrying <laughs> open fire. <laughs> <laughs> He has him, a thing. Destroy. Porkchop bite his neck. 
Realizing that the gritty Bluffington reboot will absolutely have a pork chop kills episode. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, pork chop's gonna be a Rottweiler. Wait, that's literally an episode of Doug that comes later. There's a pork uh-huh. chop kills episode. Yep, it uh, actually it's happens. It's one of the uh, few 22 minute episodes. It's also the Christmas episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! Here's death. <laughs> that's what happens. It's the Christmas episode where pork chop almost gets arrested for murder. <laughs> <laughs> I almost have to put poor shot down. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm bummed for that episode. <laughs> Look forward to a very special funny paper. <laughs> Next Christmas, dear viewers. We yeah. gotta we gotta get through Doug being a slave though. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Next, um, Next week is we gonna be a real fucker one. Sam's gonna have a sick day for that one. <laughs> 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 anyway, so <laughs> Doug, uh, so Doug has a. Uh, they're looking at this bundle of of whatever's in there. It's making noises, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that it's Mr. Valentine." And then suddenly, also, <laughs> Doug's dad comes by, also carrying a bundle. Oh no, he did it too! Open fire! <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's kind of what Doug imagines. Yes. He says, my, my, my own dad, a common bumper sticker thief. And then... It, Stealing <laughs> bumper stickers is not a crime. Stealing bumper stickers is a civic duty. Yeah. You, listening to this, go out, steal bumper stickers. You will improve the standing of those who you have stolen them from. Right. So, then Doug imagines... That he has thrown his and Skeeter's dad in jail. And Skeeter is sobbing, and Doug is utterly emotionless. Does not yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> Doug is stone-faced. Looks it's... like I'm going to be at the hotel for a few months, father. <laughs> oh my god. Doug also has a psycho comment in this fantasy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so his both dads are pleading with Doug in his fantasy. His dad and his best friend's dad are pleading with Doug that they are innocent. Where that thing where you didn't do it? Innocent, Joe. We're innocent. Innocent, I tell you. Doug says, don't worry, Skeeter. Because Skeeter is like, he's sad that who's going to run the, run with them in the, in the wheelbarrow race? And Doug says, don't worry. They'll be out in five or ten years. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. It's so funny how normalized just like pe- ruining people's lives is in our, in our culture. Yeah. I know. Even like, like it's played this- as like a dumb joke here. It's just like that's five <laughs> years of your life. <laughs> your You'll father won't be, be around to see you go through puberty, Doug. Hey, Dad, sorry you won't be able to be a mall photographer anymore because they don't hire felons, I guess. <laughs> and also, bad. mall photographers stopped being a thing by now. Oh my! While God. you were away, everything about your life ended. 
Good luck, asshole. That's so shitty. Oh, man. Well, then Doug is, it's crazy that he's just like fucking stone faced in his, in his, in his glasses and sweater. He's just like, sorry, pops. God. (laughs) Well, and Doug's dad is wearing like a sinister coat, too. Yeah, I'm not sure what the hell was with the costuming direction here. I mean, it's just Doug fantasizing about owning his dad and putting his having power over his dad. Right. I mean, we've all been there. Oh God! <laughs> well, so, own that dad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we snap out of this, and I imagine he's also been telling this to Patty in real time. <laughs> in <his laughs> what are you talking about, Doug? Right? He's like Doug. Doug, we were just going to tell him. Your dad is him. not in jail. Doug, we were just going to give him to tell, give him, give him to get the bumpers back, Doug. <laughs> so, uh, they, Mr. Valentine sees that something's amiss and he like comes over and he's like, what are you kids doing in that bush? Uh, definitely not making him- more whiz kids. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they show him the glove and he's like, "Hey, thanks for the glove." Uh I didn't the know The case where... is solved. Right. <laughs> well, that's kind of what Patty's saying. She's like, "Oh, the well, we were just about to own you, Mr. Fun- Mr. Valentine." Uh but then she's like, "Oh, but Mr. Valentine's like, "Hey, my wife Ruby had the glove." And uh they're just and Patty's like, "Oh shit, time to book her ass." <laughs> wife crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so they find that Mrs. Valentine has been playing cards with Mrs. Klotz and Mr. Dink. Or Mrs. Dink, excuse me. Please, please, let's be accurate. Mrs. Dink is playing cards with the mom amalgam. The amalgam. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so they go to look for him, right? Uh, they're on the case. And uh, Mrs. Dink is telling a story that I find very sad. (laughs) So I told him, sure you can run the family wheelbarrow race, Bud. All we need is a kid. She's complaining about the fact that Bud won't knock her up. Kinda, yeah, it's either that. It's either that, like, Bud Bud won't knock her up, Bud is sterile, and she feels mad about that. Or that just, like... And just, in fact, also just owning him for, like, being like, ha-ha, you can't run the race, idiot. He, like, he should be down with a test tube, baby, because they're very expensive. <laughs> yeah. God. Kids are very expensive, too. That's the, honestly, it's the most expensive thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> the most expensive device you could ever have. Right. Perhaps the <laughs> real expense was the kids we had along the way. Oh, kind of. I mean, honestly? <laughs> really? Yeah, kind of. Oh, well, Mr. Uh, but it, it's just, like, really sad that she's just, like, talking shit on Mr. Dink over there, you know? Also, like, you have to imagine the dynamics by which this little card game got built up. You have, like, you absolutely know how, uh, well, both senses of the universe must be established here. In the crazy hypothetical universe where Mrs. Klotz and Mrs. Valentine were two different people, they know one another <laughs> from school events. And so they would, of course, mean getting together, playing cards and whatnot. Like, that perfectly makes sense. How does Tippy get in on this? It's a small town. Like, I think all, all the women just know each other. It's and a they small get together. suburban town, but, like, what's your big reason to have... It's not like they're even in the same neighborhood. Like, these are... These are women who live in three very different parts of town and who don't 
actually all share interests. Well, okay, but Tippy does a bunch of work at the elementary school. Like, remember Why? At the high school. Remember Tippy made three cakes yes, for Judy's school dance? Why? <laughs> I mean, she's Doug's de facto mom. Like, True. <laughs> but, like, I'm... Again, courtesy of the fact that this new writer was interested in trying to build out the world, establishing that, yes, other people have lives outside of Doug. The question, why are these three hanging out together in the bushes playing cards? I mean, it's Why do they have a secret card game? Wait a minute. Oh, shit. Okay. I just thought. So you mentioned, assuming... Mrs. Klotz and Mrs. Valentine are the same person. If the Klotz family and the Valentine family are the entire same family, because, like, Stinky is Dale, yes. then I was already thinking it was kind of weird to have a three-person card game. Yeah. Right? Like, typically card games are two people or four people. But, and, like, they're sitting in such a way that it's Mrs. Valentine and Mrs. Dink sitting across from each other and Mrs. Uh, Klotz across the way. You think this might just be for framing, but maybe it's just that it's a two-person card yeah, game. Yeah, this is a two-person and- game. Because there's no point where uh, Mrs. Klotz and Mrs. Valentine respond to something the other one said. That's true. They only respond to Tippy. Huh. Our theory continues to be proven accurate. Hmm. And if they're just one woman, this is, okay, you're my buddy, we do things together. Okay, that tracks. Sure. Okay. And through this, okay, the very next scene is another world-building scene, but it's also another very sad scene. Oh, incredibly. (laughs) So, while they're playing cards, and while Doug is still approaching but hasn't gotten to them yet... Roger arrives, and he tries to talk to his mom. Mrs. Klotz cuts him off. She cuts him off before he can finish saying anything. And she says, Oh, honey, please not again. I told you a hundred times. I've been on my feet at the hair salon all week, and I just can't run that race with you. Well, no, Mom, that's not what I... Now, I'm sorry, Roger. But maybe your father can run the race with you next year. Yeah, and Patty chimes in for the audience's benefit, letting everybody know, yes, Mr. Klotz is off in Bloatsburg. Why is he in another town? Eh, There's a couple of possible reasons. None of them are great. Divorced is the one I went with. Yeah. Almost definitely. Yeah. You want to hear something something fucked up I learned about hair salons recently? Sure. Oh, God. uh, the way it works in a lot of places is the people that actually do the the hair styling, they have to rent those chairs out from the salon owner. So they're yeah. literally paying rent to go to oh. work. Oh, man. <laughs> so fucked up. Anyway, so, well, hold on. Okay, so how does this reconcile that Mr. Valentine lives here, but Mr. Klotz lives in Bloesburg? I mean, the answer is that uh, we actually know we can do this in canon because Mr. Valentine doesn't live here. He occasionally stops off for a moment or two, but he's off being a ship captain on a place that is not Lucky Duck Lake. Oh, yeah. That's why they had to move almost that one time. That's... Oh, shit. Okay. So we haven't met Mr. Klatz. We haven't heard any mention of Mr. Klatz until this moment. And Mr. Klatz, that that episode where Skeeter was going to move, Mr. Klatz, Mr. Valentine actually did move. Yes. In order to be a ship captain, and the rest of the family stayed behind. 
And that was like, Skeeter thought he was going to have to move because Mr. Valentine actually did move. And so, but then, okay, but then who pushes Skeeter in the wheel? Wait a minute. Nobody pushes Skeeter in the wheelbarrow in the race. Oh my God. Because we see, holy shit, because we see there. We see there. Skeeter's not actually in the Skeeter's not actually in the race. It's only Roger, Doug, and Patty. Oh no. We have been right all along about everything. Please don't pay any attention to anything I said earlier in this episode. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So, we are right about everything, but... (laughs) Once again. Once again, like always. Uh, But okay, so they listen, they're like listening in on this. Uh, and, and Mrs. Valentine is like, besides the, she's like, listen, she's listening to Roger talking and she's like, besides the race already started. And the, Mrs. Dink is like, nah, dude. She's like, wait. Well then what was squeaking like the Dickens over there on the race course? If not a wheelbarrow. Nay, I'm squeaking like the Dickens. <laughs> squeaking like the Dickens <laughs> is in fact my porn name. In the way that you were writing a story that lots of people buy, you were squeaking like Dickens. I love to squeak. Wow, Dickens. You were writing a Christmas carol. <laughs> About pornography. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me, sir, <laughs> what day a is very today? very porno Christmas. <laughs> No, that's not what Doug's Christmas episode is about. We already discussed it. It's about murdering a dog. <laughs> is that your porno? No. no. That would that be weird and wrong. Oh, no. I gotta squeak like the Dinkins. Please, uh, <laughs> please respect me in this trying time. It's not, I don't have much time left to squeak. <laughs> Okay, I'll let you do it just this once. Uh? (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) Anyway. So. I'm proud of us. Uh, Nobody went with your girlfriend squeaks while Dickens. Anyway, so Patty realizes, wait, the wheelbarrow sound must have been a wheelbarrow. My God. (laughs) Galaxy brain. Yeah. And so <laughs> they realize they, they they suddenly go back to the place where they started this adventure and they realize that there have been giant tracks leading away this whole time. <laughs> this is the detective episode where they're detectives. <laughs> it's it's similar to the hat episode in that they uh-huh. don't notice important, like obvious things until they're convenient for the plot. <laughs> so they notice that there's this like massive divot uh, of something heavy being pushed away. Notably, How did we not been... see this before? Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, and noticeably, there's two divots next to each other, even though they're looking for a wheelbarrow, which has one wheel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Famously. Yes. It's not called a wheels barrow. <laughs> so uh they 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 see that they they look away the where the, 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 the tracks end and there is a massive dumpster that someone is pushing. 
Uh, and it's a shadowy figure. <laughs> I think we need to address the fantasy because this also dealt with a shadowy figure, right? This was a long time ago, this but I weird. just remembered it. So Doug had an earlier fantasy. I think it was like right after they found the glove or something. Who cares? Uh, there was a fantasy where Doug imagined him and Patty Wiz again. Doug Wiz and Patty Wiz. Uh, and they're answering calls that is that they immediately hang up on in a treehouse at the dump. <laughs> right? That is where their treehouse is, just in the middle of like the city dump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is the perfect place for Doug to be. Uh and then they get an alert for a shadowy figure. Like, they hang up on all the calls because there's a shadowy figure alert that they they have going off. Which, like, I, they have, like, what is triggering this? Like, what is the shadowy figure? I don't, I don't know. White women like, calling the cops on black people. That's honestly, maybe. Yes, that's what, I mean, like, if you look at anything, like, that's like, oh, this is a criminal element. It's usually racially tinged. Like, shadowy figure is definitely racially changed. Oh, God. I hate that. I hate that that happens. And, yeah, yeah, people don't be shitty like that, please. Never call the cops. (laughs) Oh, my God. Eh. Honestly, honestly, it's not for minor things. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, there's a couple of isolated cases where they can be useful, but they are few and far between. Well, in this section, Doug and Patty are the cops because they jump down a chute onto their bikes and they chase after this guy who has committed no crimes, right? Mm -hmm. Like they just have an alert. He just looks suspicious. And they cut him off Home Alone style right before he gets, like, with a trap, like, that makes a tree fall down, right before he's about to get hit by a train. The train (laughs) part of this is the most confusing part to me because it adds nothing. I think what they were trying to do was, like, if he got across the tracks, he'd be gone because the train would pass by. But it's, like, a very short train. And they cut him off right before he would have been hit by it. Maybe they're just trying to save his life. I don't know. Maybe they're the good guys. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever. But anyway, so this this is what sets up the stakes for a shadowy figure being the enemy, right? They really fucking hate shadowy figures in this episode. Agreed. Uh, I think it's a thing in the WizKid books. Uh, so they, they see a shadowy figure that had pushed the dumpster out there. And they run and they tackle him. And they don't see who it is until they've already tackled him. Cop logic. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and somebody you know? who happens to be in proximity to a thing that has our anxieties up. Time to beat the shit out of him. That's what they do. <laughs> Time it's, to stick pork chop on I, I mean, I, this is off on a tangent, but like the police brutality really pisses me off because they're just like fucking cowards. Because you can't hit them back. If you hit them back, uh-huh. you get charged with a felony assault. If you, if you even touch them, they're if just you bleed cute. on them. Like, that is God. damaging city property. They get you for that. Uh, FBI, just if you're listening cowards. still. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, so in this way, uh, they tackle Skeeter uh, with no motive. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> With no evidence, blue suspect in a suspicious location. Officer involved. Tackling ensued. Uh, and and so Skeeter is like, and they're like, "What were you doing, uh, ten an hour ago?" I was with you, you stupid assholes. 
And even in this moment, Skeeter says, Don't I need a lawyer for this? Yes, you should. <laughs> and it plays like goofy music. It plays like funny time music. <laughs> like he's making a joke. Another pro, another pro tip, free pro tip out there. Never talk to the cops about anything. <laughs> Do not say a fucking word to the police ever. <laughs> well, so Doug is just like, no, man. Uh, he wasn't there. He was with us. And then uh, Dink, like, th- so Doug then thinks about it. He's like, oh, wait. Uh, who was looking for a wheelbarrow? Who, like, Skeeter was here looking for a wheelbarrow an hour ago. And then he remembers, wait. Uh, Roger said he didn't want the wheelbarrow because the wheelbarrow race is stupid. But his mom said that she didn't want to be in the race with him. Huh? Oh, wait. Whiskey's number 49 was called The Secret of the Disappearing Dad. My. Yike. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Big yike. <laughs> it's massive yikes here. <gasps> Uh, <laughs> Doug thinks, wait, it was Roger. Uh, well, but he doesn't even say that. Sure. Because he's like, I know who got it. And then Dink shows up and Patty is like, Doug figured out who the thief was as she winks. <laughs> Baffling. She winks as she says that. Uh-huh. because it, That either means, what does that either mean? That either A, she already knows, or B, she's like, nah, don't listen to whatever he says. It's wrong. <laughs> like, there's... Right? It's weirdly ambiguous. I think it was an know. animation error. Yeah. Just think, there's like, yeah. been a couple of bits, like, particularly back when the uh, conversation in the woods between the three ladies was happening... There were a bunch mm. of lines that ended really awkwardly, like there was an abrupt edit there. This episode feels like it had a couple of edit passes. I don't know. I think the wink was intentional. I think that she's there either saying, Doug is a moron and don't listen to whatever he says, or, oh boy, my man figured it out. My brother. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so Doug says... That it was Roger, because his dad doesn't live here. <laughs> dad technically doesn't live with you either, dude. Right. Right. And, and Skeeter specifically says, Oh, man, it's always Roger. Yeah, another, another sight of open contempt, because it literally is always Roger. Or it's Skeeter saying, oh, man, it, it, I, it's always my bad self. Like, it's always, like, why do I keep doing these things, right? Uh-huh. Like, maybe he did steal the bumper stickers. <laughs> oh. Or, like, or, like, I really wanted it to be Dink here, right? Like, I really wanted Dink to be the villain who had stolen it because he wanted to, like, have a mystery with Doug to, like, and he also wanted it to, like, he was jealous that he couldn't be in the race himself. He has the exact same motive that Roger does, right? Like, the literal exact same motive. I wish it was Doug's dad, because it'd be the maximum chaos option. Because <laughs> then he wouldn't have to do it. Because <laughs> he could leave. Yeah, there you go. Oh, God. Well, Roger slinks away uh, in the distance, and then it cuts to the race. 
Uh, everybody is there. Uh, they're they're all hugging their dads except for Doug. You know. <laughs> like every other participant is hugging their dad. <laughs> Doug is not. But so everybody like is hugging their dads and then Doug he feels bad. He's like, well the case was solved, but it was unresolved. And he thinks that he's like, all right, I'm going to go and make it so that Roger and Mr. Dink are paired up to run the race together. And they're going to be a pair. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's nice, right? Like, no. it's. Okay. <laughs> it shouldn't have ended on sentimentality. It should have ended on more open contempt. I thought it was good. Like, this is, again, like, I really think this is my favorite Doug episode. Right? I mean, it's like, also really... my favorite Doug episode. But, the bar but again, is for so very different reasons. <laughs> Very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but then, it, like, it shows in this, like, the thing that Jim and I were referring to, uh, only three people are actually in the race. Mm-hmm. Like, it cuts to the race itself. It's only Doug, Patty, and Roger. So, they're the same person, right? It's the only explanation. <laughs> it's gotta be it. That's it. There's no other ex- possible explanation <laughs> Right, it's not like they ran heats or anything and only yeah. three people were racing at a time. No, there's three. The other the other two, they killed each other because they were both jealous of each yes. other, Chalky and BB. They both said, no, we we're both afraid to lose. And then those three ran because they're the only real people. And that's also it, all it. three of them were run directly into the hanging bumpers from chains, were <laughs> concussed, and woke up a couple of days later told, oh yeah, we did great. Right, exactly. Uh, well, then it cuts back to Doug's room to deliver the moral. Uh, he's got a photo of the race is now the cover of WizKids 1 for some reason. <laughs> he's like ruined his book from the library and put his own picture on it. Good. Uh, and so Doug gives us the wrong moral again. <laughs> He tells us, The great thing I learned is that solving a mystery is more than just looking at the hard evidence. Sometimes you have to listen to your gut. Sure. It's always the bad guy, is what you're telling me. (laughs) The person who I personally am pissed off at is always responsible for all crimes, regardless of what the evidence may suggest. And, like, that's not the moral they set up. No. At the beginning, they, they set up the moral of, dude, you gotta listen to the evidence. You can't just think about motive, right? Yeah, because you can come up with a malevolent reason for anyone to do anything, as inadvertently we on this podcast have demonstrated. You can come up <laughs> with an internally consistent motivation to say things that are absolute nonsense good. as far as textual correct. support. Good, correct. Good, good and correct. They are also good and correct. But if you don't have material to back them up, if it wasn't just constant evidence being chucked down our throats about Which how we do. Roger and Skeeter <laughs> are the same person, then you're just babbling in a utterly fruitless way about something nobody cares about. Jim, you, you got it half right. We have a ton of evidence, but we are babbling about stuff that no one cares about. But we do have a ton of evidence. The ton of evidence is what separates us from lesser, more unimpressive cranks. <laughs> and from Doug. Well, we are separated <laughs> from Doug by a number of things. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. So, anyway, Patty Wiz. <laughs> Doug Wiz. Wiz. Doug Wiz. Squeaking the like the Dickens. <laughs> anyway, I think this episode was good. I like this writer, no, same. ironically. Yeah, same. I think he's great. It's a weird episode, but as opposed to a lot of the other ones, like, this is... It has a narrative structure. I'm okay with it. It's funny at times. Weirdly like so. Intentionally funny. Yeah, it <laughs> makes it jokes. has intentional jokes. It has the appropriate approach to Doug in that no, he is a funny character like all the other ones in this town who also have existences independent of him. Yeah, it's got world building. Yeah. There's the world exists beyond Doug and his perceptions. And yeah. so I look forward to the next episode when, oh no, never fucking mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, until that time, dear viewers, thanks for joining us on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Uh! Squeaking like the Dickens.